On this week's episode of the EchoCast, we will talk about Mass Effect's new teaser, Forza Horizon 5 review, The Division 2 expectations, new Starfield information, a Logitech stream cam review, and much, much more. So let's get into it. Welcome to the EchoCast, a gaming podcast brought to you by me, Bon Diesel. Please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever you're listening to or watching it with. Thank you to our Patreon supporters this month, PK, Ubertimi, Hassan, Darren, Christian, Manmade Golf, Grenoble, and The Dawn. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash Bon Diesel. The main thing being you get this episode a couple days early. I am giving away a Logitech bundle of a headset, keyboard, and mouse. The mouse is a 502 Hero, which is a really good Logitech mouse. Uh, there are links for this in the description, in the comments, or on my Twitter. Last, before we head into the gaming news, please help me hit my Extra Life $1,000 fundraising goal. Uh, for 2021 by checking out my Extra Life page. It's just Extra Life and search for Bond Diesel. We are at $605 of that $1,000 goal. We're going to hit that thousand bucks before the end of the year. Even if I have to beg mercilessly to do it. Okay, getting into the gaming news. The first in our main topic today is talking about the Mass Effect N7 day and the itty bitty little teaser we got this year for it. Uh, last year, if you follow Mass Effect uh, closely at all, you should or probably do remember that we got a teaser trailer that confirmed that Mass Effect will return. That's, that's, uh, the, it seems like the name that we know it by right now. Um, some people are calling it Mass Effect Next or Mass Effect 4 and 5. There's a big argument about whether Andromeda was Mass Effect 4 or not. Um, I just, I'm calling it Mass Effect Next. Um, so for N7 Day this year, they, they put out a blog post and there is a bunch of sales on the BioWare store and stuff like that. And it wasn't anything really significant. Um, there were some statements put out basically saying something along the lines of, yeah, we're excited about the next game and here's all this cool stuff that we're doing right now and blah, blah, blah. And then they got us at the end of the day. Uh, they said, oh, one more thing. Wink. Uh, here's some key art um, or a poster, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, for the next game. And um, what it is, is, uh, and you can, I would suggest looking it up because my description of it will probably not be good enough, but, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tall poster. So it's taller than it is wide. Um, up at the top, there's a crater down at the bottom. There's a ship, um, with four figures walking out of it. Um, it's really far away. It's hard to see much detail. Um, it says max mass effect, um, 
will return or something like that. Um, and, and that's it. So then you start breaking it down and that's what we're going to talk about. What I will say is if you check out my YouTube page, it's just YouTube, um, dot com slash C slash bond diesel. Um, I have a whole like 18 minute video, um, talking about this and detailing it and getting into it, um, where I'm actually showing what I'm talking about. Uh, so if you want to look, go check that out, I would suggest it. Um, but the poster basically depicts this, uh, this impact crater in the top part, um, the ship at the bottom, people walking out or figures walking out and people started diving into it, of course. Right. And that's the whole point of them putting this out. So people found lots of stuff. Um, some of it is like obvious things that you can see and it's, you know, objectively that, and then there's a ton of speculation going on, which is why they put this thing out. And it's why they put it out the way they did. You know, they, um, if they wanted us to know who these four figures were, they would have shown us if they wanted us to understand and clearly see every single little detail, they would have shown it to us. So the whole point of this is to keep that mind share, right? To get people talking, unfortunately, to get people arguing and, um, and they were very successful if you pay attention to the Mass Effect subreddit and such. Um, so some of the bits that we see in it, um, the crater at the top, uh, it's immediately noticeable that there is a, uh, a body um, slightly below the crater. Um, and upon closer inspection, it's almost certainly a geth, um, which if you played the original trilogy, um, they were kind of the main antagonist or they were kind of used by the main antagonist um, as their foot soldiers through much of the game. And if you picked a certain ending um, of, of Mass Effect 3, all of the Geth are wiped out. Um, the significance of this is that there is the, there's a lot of conversation happening right now in the Mass Effect community about whether the next game will try to take into account all of the potential choices you made in the trilogy, um, or at least take into account the three possible endings. Um, the issue with that is that two of the endings are, are have are, are if you made a sequel that took all three into account, if if you the one ending destroy where you destroy all synthetic life in the in the galaxy to stop these. The, the main antagonist, um, the, the next, you know, the world after that would play a certain way and a game set in that world would be one way. The two other choices you can make synthesis or control would require that the next game be a completely different game. So a lot of the conversation going on is that if, uh, if the next mass effect game takes in all three endings into account, they're probably going to have to basically make two different games that you would immediately branch off into because there would be no, there'd be very little to no shared space in the, in the middle of two of the endings and one of the endings. They, they, they would really have to go off in very different directions. So a big conversation has been a lot of speculation um, about whether or not the, the next, um, the next game is going to pick a canon ending. Um, I think it will. Um, I think, there were things in the first trailer that they showed last year and then things in this poster, the Geth all being dead, um, that are indicating that they're going to pick this destroy ending to be the canon. Um, and then we go from there. Now, people have looked at this a completely different way and have decided that it means something different. That's cool. Everyone, you know, 
this is why they put this thing out is so we would all do this. Um, some other stuff that you notice in it, the ship that is at the bottom of the poster, um, is called the SFX, which, um, may be a new thing. It's a new ship. We haven't seen a ship that looks like this before. It's also, that's the, the original code name, um, for the, the, the original mass effect game, the first game. And so, uh, there's that. Then there's four figures walking out of it. This is probably where the most debate has has kicked off, where it's pretty obvious that one of the characters is a Krogan wearing red armor. Um, that's extremely indicative of Rex from the first uh, from the trilogy, um, who was a Krogan um, who in in one and three wore this very iconic red armor. Um, We've also, we saw Liara, who was one of the main characters of the trilogy, and she, her voice was even featured in Andromeda. Um, we see her uh, in the um, in the trailer last year, and, and of these four figures, there's one who looks like it's probably her. Um, and then the other two figures is where all the debate is coming in. There's people who think it's a Turian, or people who think it's an Andromeda character. Um, I think it's Garrus and Shepard. Um, one of the figures to me looks like it, it's wearing a helmet with a red stripe in the middle, um, down the middle of it. And that is very indicative of the kind of OG N7 helmet that Shep wore um, in, in the original game, if you chose for him to. Um, and and then the one looks, it looks like a Turian to me. It's just real skinny and tall or tallish looking. But again, the whole point of them putting out this key art and putting it putting it out the way they did was so it's not clear what it is because they want us to talk about it. They want the people who love Andromeda and want this to be an Andromeda sequel to be like, no, that looks like Ryder and that looks like this armor. And this looks, it looks like this thing. And you know, they want people like me to be like, no, you're an idiot. It looks like this and that and the other thing. Um, and so we don't know. It's all just guesses. Um, some of the other stuff that people have noticed is it looks like there may be like a like some like a dead reaper um, buried. Um, this also does look like it may be the same planet as uh, as Liara was on in the trailer from last year. Um, it, it looks like it's a snow planet. Um, the the origin of this crater, we aren't even really sure what it is. It looks like it's a, it, it's from an explosion, because uh, people have like used some imaging stuff to to tell that. Um, there's one dead Geth, uh, pretty far away from the crater, but then people have shown that it looks like there's either there's more dead Geth or there's dead figures around the rim of the crater. And so there's, uh, yeah, there, there, there's kind of, um, people are getting real into it and, uh, we'll, we'll have to kind of wait and see, um, what it actually is. And we very well may not get any more teasers or anything for a whole nother year. As I've talked about it before, um, you know, the rumors are right now that they aren't going to start full development on this next Mass Effect game until 2023, near or after Dragon Age 4 releases. Um, my impression, the way I'm assuming things are happening right now is BioWare probably has, um, you know, every game has like leads and producers and stuff like that who are on it. Maybe not from the start, but long before they start full development and in pre-production and so we're assuming that mass this next mass effect game is in pre-production right now so you know we know there's a bunch of people who came back to bioware to work on this game so we know of at least 15 or 20 people 
who are working on it right now. And those aren't people, they aren't making models yet. They aren't animating, you know, the characters and stuff. They aren't probably even designing worlds yet. They're crunching on the story. They're figuring, they're, they're writing. Um, my guess is by now they would probably have the basic story outlined and they're doing writing now. They're, they're getting all of that stuff ready. They're designing characters and doing concept art and figuring out what they want the worlds to look like. So then when Dragon Age 4 is finished and all of those artists and all those world designers and stuff are ready to work on something else, they can throw them all of this, this information that they've done in pre-production. And that's when actual game production starts to happen. That's why, you know, you'll see people talk about like, well, this game was developed in, 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 in two years um, and it'll be really, really good. But then this other game was developed in two years, but it was terrible. It's probably because of the pre-production. One game probably had way better pre-production by higher quality developers with more experience. And the other one probably had a tumultuous pre-production. Like Anthem is probably a pretty good example. Anthem probably was developed in the amount of time that most AAA games were developed. The issue is that it sounds like even 12 months before the game came out, they were still making pretty big decisions that should have been done in pre-production, not during full development. So, um, you know, where we're at, I've seen some people kind of talking. There's there's people who know way more about Bioware and Mass Effect than I do, and, and I've been trying to seek those people out. And it seems like there's a lot of talk that... Um, Bioware may have enough devs for two separate teams and they could be further along in Mass Effect than we know. The rumor about them not starting um, the, the development of the game until 2023 was purely based on the assumption that that's when Dragon Age 4 comes out. But if they have a large enough team that they can do both, I mean, it's possible they could be developing it right now. I still think that they're probably all in on Dragon Age because Bioware needs a win. <laughs> their, their, their last release was Anthem, and we all know how that went. The release before that was Andromeda. And even though you know people will fight and argue for that game, and I think it does have some charm to it, it still was a flop. You know, they canceled it. Like, they canceled DLC and everything. And then the game before that, I assume, was Inquisition, which is okay, um, Dragon Age Inquisition, but it still is like, no, I'm not under the impression people love it. I've tried to play it, can't get into it. Um, and then the game before that, I think, was Mass Effect 3, which had its own issues, but I still think is one of the best wrap-ups of a trilogy ever. So, uh, you know, my guess is they probably have a full focus on Dragon Age 4 right now. Um, and that they, you know, just to keep my heart safe, I'm going to assume they aren't starting full production for a while and that we're going to be getting things like this key art and this, in these teasers and stuff for a while. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, maybe at Jeff Keighley's show, uh, the game awards, maybe we'll get another teaser trailer. I highly doubt it. My guess is we won't see anything that significant about the next mass effect until in seven day next year. So count down your year. If you're a big fan. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to Halo Infinite. So there were some articles and some videos that came out um, uh, various creators and reviewers and the people in the games media um, apparently got access um, to play a decent amount of Halo Infinite single player to kind of jump in and see 
how it feels, what it looks like, um, kind of get an idea of what the flow is going to be like. There's, there's been lots of conversation about Halo Infinite and people being afraid that it's like an Ubisoftified uh, open world type game now and stuff like that. And if you um, believe and if you um, appreciate the opinions of um, various people in the games media who, who got to play it and reported on it, it sounds like that's not an issue. So the impression I got, I mostly listened to the um, the IGN, uh, you know, people talk about it. And it sounds like it's a lot of if you just want to jump in and burn through the story and do all the story missions and not bother with the side stuff that much, absolutely able to do it. Um, even when you do the side stuff, there was a pretty big um, talk about like it doesn't feel like a overly bloated Ubisoft style game. Um, it, it feels, you know, even the side stuff is fun and there, and it, it is rewarding and, and, and you want to do it, but you don't feel like you have to, which is so important, at least to me. And, um, and it seems like the overall impression was really, really good. Uh, you know, the impression of how the AI was working, the, the type of activities you are able to do on the side, if you want to do them, the, the big thing was them talking about like, you know, no one's asking Master Chief to do a fetch quest because he's Master Chief. You don't ask him to go grab a thing for you. You know, you go tell him that this base needs to get blown up. And that's what Master Chief does. So there is there's this big thing um, that, you know, I was definitely worried about whether or not the you know, this the, it was going to become this like bloated thing and 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 not because I wouldn't like that, because honestly, I would probably enjoy a Halo game where I can go just do whatever I want. But um, mostly I didn't want it to be that because um, it would be such an easy target for people who are already chomping at the bit to tear this game down. Because it, Halo Infinite needs to be really good. Um, we already know the multiplayer is great. Uh, and I think that's it would I would say it's basically impossible for them to screw that up at this point we played a bunch of it it's so good it's so fun um, i'm super excited for it uh, we know that the big question was single player they haven't shown much of it off they haven't it seems like that's kind of been you know the thing that they keep in the shed <laughs> and hopefully it's because they're working on it and trying to make it perfect but there were people who i think were reasonably concerned that they were trying to really show the multiplayer because they knew that was good and, you know, even in the last year since they delayed the game, that maybe the single player wasn't. And it sounds like it is. It sounds like it looks great. It plays great. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, they only got to play for a fairly short time. So, you know, they couldn't drop any big story beats or anything like that. And I'm glad. I don't want to know anything about this game's story. I want to just jump in day one, figure out what's going on on this arc or this, uh, you know, this Halo ring and and go from there and, and and discover it with everyone else so um i will say that you know i tried to catch a few different people talking about it and my overall impression is like okay i think it's gonna be cool um the big thing was the impression they were getting that um where halo 5 really dropped the ball with storytelling because they really hyped it up to be one type of story and then it not ended up not being that and you didn't really play that much of the game as chief and halo is chief and it's like all of those things you know so it um it, it seems like you know the the impression that most of these people had was that it feels like we're back to halo we're back to chief we're back to solving mysteries and and, and kicking ass and doing all the stuff that chief does and uh and that we're in good shape when it comes to that 
but we'll have to wait and see uh, for what it really turns out to be in less than a month. It's just a few weeks now. So very exciting. Um, my next bit here is talking about uh, Forza Horizon 5. Um, so this is a review in the sense that I'm just going to talk a bunch about it. Um, I am was not much of a Forza Horizon fan. I've always been a motorsports fan. Uh, though, to be totally honest, I haven't really played much of the last couple uh, motorsports even because I think I, I just don't I can't get into it the way I used to with Gran Turismo and the early Forzas and stuff like I used to be so into that. I just can't really do it anymore. It's just, I don't know. I just don't have the attention span or whatever. And so I remember seeing people really praise Horizon 4. And so I checked it out. I want to say it was probably last year. Um, it might have been when they announced 5. I was like, I'll check out 4, see if I'm into this. And I wasn't. <laughs> I thought 4 was not very interesting. I I just felt like I was just driving around. I didn't really get it. Um, I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing or why I was doing it. Um, I, I didn't really like the map. I thought the English countryside was just not very attractive. And, um, so honestly I was like, eh, I mean, Forza five looks super pretty or, um, yeah, horizon five looks really pretty, but I don't, why would I play it? Like, it doesn't seem fun. And then it came out <laughs> and, um, I'm probably a little caught up in the hype. You know, there's a lot of people excited about it, but I really think the hype is legit. And, and the reason is, is that it is very pretty. It's an extremely pretty game. It is, um, you know, exciting and fun. The reason it's so great, in my opinion, is because they have found, well, there's a few things. The soundtrack is amazing. The sound in the game is amazing. The engines sound so meaty and so mean like it's just it's uh, it's it's great like it just it's a it's a nice um you know audio experience in that game and the visual too it's it's so pretty the cars are gorgeous the animations of everything the physics of the world there's so much stuff it just you feel like you're you're really bashing around this world and you're breaking stuff and it's just it feels really good they did a really good job with finding a balance between the the arcadiness where it, it feels forgiving and fun to drive around this world and you know if you're driving on roads to get from one place to another you're wasting your time getting a four by four and just point your car in the direction you need to go and just go and it is so fun you're gonna crash and flip and you're gonna bash your car up who cares it's it's so fun to do it and um but they also made it a good driving experience like there is skill involved. You can just bash your way through everything, but you probably won't win the races and things like that. Like you do need to break at the right times, turn at the right times, hit the apex of the turns and things like that. Um, and it's, it's cool. And you don't even need to know cars to enjoy this game. Like, I think that's the main saving grace of it is that, um, I like cars, so I'm into the things that we see, but I, I hate like, that's what I don't like about motorsport and Gran Turismo and stuff. I don't want to have to tinker with the camber and, you know, the spoiler settings and all this stuff. Um, and this game has a setup where you can do that stuff. You can customize your cars, the crazy paint jobs, and decals and everything. What you can also do is do pre-made uh, designs. If you don't want to do it yourself, you can get pre-made tunes of your cars and use tunes. Other people have, you can sort them by popularity so you can see which ones are the best and you can let other people tune your car and it works really, really well. 
Um, and then that's not even, I mean, I haven't even talked about actually playing the game yet. You know, the races, there's so many different types of races. There's so many different types of activities. You know, it ranges from just going around and hitting boards that are laying around to get points or to get modifiers or fast travel points. You can buy houses that give you different perks and upgrades. Uh, you discover different parts of the map. Um, and, and do things to unlock those things and to get new cars. There's a whole system where it will show you an area where there's a garage find uh, or a garage find. And you have to search around this area and you find a barn and you pull up to it and it will show you this like burnt out remains of a vehicle. And then if you wait for a few days, you jump back in and play and that vehicle will be restored. and It'll be some badass, super cool car that you, you own now. You can sell cars, you can buy them, you can do all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's a really, it's a very cool game. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been kind of rolling their eyes at the game of the year talk and stuff like that. But like, I mean, it has to be, it has to be because it's got it all. It's fun to play. It's very approachable by anyone. There is a skill, you know, there's a, there's a level of skill involved. It's got insane amounts of customization. There's so many different things to do. Um, it's what, what I was talking about before I started recording. The thing about Horizon 5 is that it just makes me smile. Like I catch myself doing random stupid stuff that doesn't even matter. It's not even that big of a deal. And I'll catch myself. I'll, I'll do something or I'll find a new car or I'll look at a new area or get a really cool like Vista. And I'll just like smile. And it's so stupid. Like, it sounds so dumb because, oh, oh, you smiled. Wow. What, what, what interesting insight, but it's just, it's a game. I was talking to someone before the, before the podcast started, it's, it reminds you what games are all about. It reminds you of why we love games. And that's why horizon five to me is so good because it's just a game. It's such a game. It's a really good game. It's, it's not, it is a racing game, but that's, it's so much more than that. It is a social game, but it's more than that. It is an exploration game, but it's more than that. It's, it's the type of game that, that it's the first time in a really long time I've been playing it and just been like, this is fun. Like, this is just so fun. And, and I think that's lost a lot. I think now we're so worried about being critical of games and, 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 and picking apart every little piece of them and, and doing all this stuff and and we forget a lot now to just you know these games are meant to be fun they're meant to be a distraction they're meant to be fulfilling in some way by making you smile or making you think or making you do this or that and and this game just it does such a good job for me at least of reminding me of like games are fun and that's what they should be and horizon 5 is a fun game so my verdict, obviously, is that you should definitely play it if you have the ability. Um, I think if you have Game Pass, that's obviously the best way. If you have Game Pass, there's no reason that you don't try it out. Play it for an hour. If at the end of the hour, you're like, nah, that's not my thing. Super cool. It's not for everybody. But I think, because for me, my first 15 or 20 minutes, I was like, oh, this is cool. But, you know, am I really going to get into this? And I did. Now. Um, do I think you should go out and spend 50, 60, 70 bucks on it if you're on PC or if you don't have Game Pass? That's up to you. I think it's worth it. Um, I think I've already gotten $60 worth out of this game, personally. Um, I will keep playing it. I'm probably not going to be playing it in a month or two months or a year from now. And that's fine because I've already got my money's worth, in my opinion. And even if I had have paid for it full price. So... 
I don't know. Check it out. Obviously, listen to other reviewers. See, you know, get different opinions on it. I just, it, it's a really special game, and I think you should try it if you can. So that's that's my thoughts on Horizon Five. Um, another story here talking about Starfield. Um, so Todd Howard did a big interview with IGN where he talked about all kinds of stuff, Bethesda. Um, but, uh, the, the most notable to me was his talk about Starfield. Um, he reiterated that the 11, 11, 22 release date is written in pen, not pencil. Um, because the interviewer was kind of like, well, all release dates are written in pencil right now because of COVID and Todd Howard clapped back pretty quickly. Like, Nope, that's in pen. We are releasing the game that day. That's when it's coming out. Um, so my honest guess is that that game is probably, like it wouldn't surprise me if they're in polish mode now. Now with a game that big, polish mode can take years to do it right. And Bethesda doesn't really have uh, a reputation for doing a great job with that kind of thing. So hopefully it really is. There were rumors at one point that the game could have been ready this year. Um, and, and hopefully that's true because that means that they can spend the next year on polish. And um, I have a lot riding on Starfield because since we know Mass Effect isn't coming for a few years, Starfield looks like it's the closest thing we're going to get to something like that. And um, uh, probably the Outer Worlds too, as well, I think will probably be in, in, in that in that general atmosphere, that general vicinity. But um, I'm really excited for it. Um, a, a really interesting part was he talked about Starfield and making it in that, you know, they they started it right after they finished Fallout 4. And he basically said, he's like, we, we want to do something different. We love Elder Scrolls. We love Fallout, but we wanted to try something else. But we realized that, you know, because they're working on Elder Scrolls 6 as well. And and he and they were and he was saying that, like, if we didn't make Starfield now, we were never going to. Because when they finish Starfield, they're going right into Elder Scrolls 6. And then when they finish that, they're going into the next Fallout. Um, and and there just wouldn't have been, and that's that's probably their next 10 to 15 years of work. And so the idea of doing Starfield now is mostly because they, it's probably the only chance they would get to do it. Um, and then the final thing he did kind of mention that, because there's a lot of questions about like, you know, is it going to be like Fallout in space? And um, and and Howard basically said, yeah, it's, 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 it's structured similar to Elder Scrolls. And so that's fine. You know, there's a reason, you know, some people are going to be like, whoa, they need to revolution up, blah, blah, blah. That's probably not going to happen. And that's okay. If they take that base formula and inject it into this new world with new factions and new places and new things to do and, and new everything, you know, there's a decent chance that after they do the next fallout, they might do the second Starfield, <laughs> and that's really cool. And, and it would be really interesting and really great, I think, for gaming if this becomes like a new like tentpole franchise for Bethesda, for Xbox, um, for gaming in general. So um, after Fallout 76 and even Fallout 4 to a point, I, I understand why people kind of take Todd Howard um, maybe not the most seriously in, in a lot of situations. I think that's a very smart thing to do. Um, but I will say that they're at least saying all the right things about this game and all of the art and on the concept art and the videos we've seen. I mean, it looks dope. It looks really cool. And I'm really hoping that it, uh, it fulfills that. 
Uh, before we hit our last few stories for this episode, I do want to remind people that you can join my Discord. It should be linked down in the description or um, in the in the links below um, to chat about this episode, to dig into the division speculation, chat about the next Mass Effect, or just hang out and talk to some new friends. Um, I'm really proud of what I've made uh, with this new Discord. Um, I've had a Discord before and I ended up getting rid of it because it wasn't utilized, but that was my fault. And um, I've set this one up where it's easy for me to interact, it's easy for me to use it, and that it's a good informative place to be, either for my content or just gaming in general or whatever. So please check it out at uh, one of the links I mentioned. Also, be sure to let me know if you have any questions or topics uh, for the next episode by telling me in the Discord, um, asking me on Twitter, somebody submitting them in the YouTube comments. Um, you can even do a voice message through Anchor or Spotify uh, or by becoming a patron and asking me on Patreon. Okay, so our last few stories here, uh, two of them are Division. Uh, so Division 2, we got a couple things. Um, one was a clarification tweet uh, by Yannick, who is leading the, this new content that's coming out for Division 2, um, by saying uh, or clarifying that um, the current replay of the seasons, uh, this one is the, is the last one, and it concludes with the Fei Lao uh, manhunt and mission. Um, he confirmed that it will not be different. Um, there was a lot of rumors going around the community that were, in my opinion, clearly just rumors and shouldn't have been taken seriously, but some people did, um, that they were going to quote unquote, fix the ending of Fei Lao's season and her final mission and change it. So it wasn't as unsatisfying as it is. And that's not true. It's going to be the same. Um, now Yannick did point out that, you know, they will be continuing the story and pushing the story forward with this new content that's coming out, um, with the new seasons and manhunts and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there may be some, uh, some retrofitting of phase ending, but as for that mission, which I've talked about endlessly that I don't think it was finished. I, I think that they just threw it together and put it out and it wasn't what it was meant to be for various reasons. We won't get into it now. Um, you know, it's, I think there's some people who honestly just get really caught up in hype and, and, and speculation and, and they, they see things that aren't there. Um, the issue with stories like this one is that a lot of the stuff comes from people who are trying to make content for this game and they're desperate to do it. And they're, they're, they're you know, if they have to go so far as to basically just make some shit up uh, because they know it's going to get some clicks, then they'll do it. And this story was definitely one of those where, um, there was no reason to believe they were going to quote unquote fix the Feilau mission, um, even though it sucks, <laughs> even though it's not very good. And um, the fact that Yannick had to come out and even clarify this, I think is a bummer because it should have been obvious that it didn't need to be said, but here we are. Um, the other thing with division two is that someone posted on the, I think it was the subreddit or on Twitter that they had gotten an invitation, um, that if some, if you live in the Malmo area where massive is based, um, you can come do play testing for division two. So that is almost certainly them probably testing this new mode that we're getting. Um, if this comes out in February, I imagine they're probably done making it and now they're balancing and fixing and bug fixing and all of that stuff. Um, whatever it is. And um, this shouldn't have been news. I know, you know, everyone's got to make their 10 minute video with giant bold letters on their thumbnail video for this kind of stuff. They do this fairly often. I think I don't, I definitely don't think this is the first 
test that Massive has done. Um, it may be the first one since the pandemic. That's definitely possible. Um, but I believe that even with Division One and Two, um, before it came out or when it came out, um, Massive does this kind of stuff. Um, if you live in the area, you can go and play test there. So um, not really as big of a story as some people made it out to be, but still cool. It means that there's progress happening there. There is a thing to test, and that's a good thing. Um, the next bit here is about the Division Heartland. So a Twitter account um, that uh, it looks like it's like an automated account or it's it looks like it basically checks a bunch of game and app stores for new downloads that haven't been made public yet. So like if there's a game coming out or a beta for a game that has been uploaded but hasn't been promoted or isn't showing as public yet, this thing will basically suss that out and then post about it. And uh, today it posted um, about a uh, the Division Heartland closed test. Uh, and it looked like it was up on the, the Microsoft store, the Xbox store. So um, there, uh, it, it's an interesting situation because without getting myself in trouble, I can say that I should have been privy to this and I wasn't. Um, and so uh, there's definitely been some kind of uh, scrapping around by people in the community who should have been aware that this was happening and weren't. Um, and there's, as far as I know, there's no confirmation of anything right now. So it seems like that, you know, then just because they uploaded this, it, it could be a placeholder thing for something that's happening weeks from now. Like you never know. Um, so it doesn't mean that there's a closed test for Heartland happening today. It may be weeks away. Um, but you know, with just the kind of weird lack of updates about this game specifically like we did just get an update for division two content but we haven't heard anything about heartland since like april or may it's been quite a while so um yeah whatever you want to make of that uh i guess we'll find out if uh you know surely enough people won't be able to keep their mouths shut again so if there is a closed test happening i'm sure we'll get some confirmation of it eventually um I'll be curious. My, my, my speculation for a while has been that they went dead silent on this game to probably kind of not start from scratch, but do a big overhaul of what it was from some testing they did earlier this year. And I'm really, really, really curious to see um, where it's at at this point. So, um, so yeah, we'll have to all wait and see together. Uh, the last bit here is I'm going to do a really quick little review. Um, if you paid attention to my socials and stuff, you'll know that I was trying to find a replacement uh, webcam. Um, I've been rocking a Logitech C920 for the last like five years. And um, I just wanted to see if there are better options out there. So I actually bought a, um, a Logitech Brio, which is a 4K camera. It was awful i couldn't get it to even look decent and it looked significantly worse than my old c920 um i was going to try the elgato face cam because i have heard lots of good things about that it was a little pricey for me um and so uh, i'd also seen good things about the logitech stream cam um, which was a little bit cheaper and i found it um refurbished i found one for 100 bucks and it is great if you're watching the video um, if you're watching YouTube or Spotify and you're seeing the video of this podcast, that's what I'm using right now. Um, not that this mug is a thing that can really make a camera uh, do its best work, um, but I've been really impressed with it. It has a really nice um, 60 FPS. It's very clear with the right lighting. Um, I found it to, to look pretty nice. So um, if you're looking for a new stream cam, um, the Logitech stream cam, I am very impressed by. Um, I never ended up trying out the El Elgato one. I've heard that these two have pretty similar performance, but 
I was able to get this stream cam for a hundred bucks less than the Elgato. Um, I think Elgato makes really great products. If you see the video, I'm using the Wave 3 mic. Um, I have their 4K Mark II capture card in my PC. Um, Elgato is great, but I bought all of these things refurbished because I refuse to pay their exorbitant new prices. Um, and I've had no issue with their used products. So or refurbished, I guess. So uh, if you need a new stream cam, I highly suggest the Logitech stream cam. I'm very happy with it. And you can look at the video um, and decide for yourself if you think it looks good or not. Uh, we're gonna wrap, start wrapping up the show with um, some, uh, there's one set of listener questions here from the venerable Master Prime. Um, this time asking on Discord, um, have you tried the Battlefield Portal website? I haven't, but I did watch some videos and I saw some people talking about it and how it's basically so, has so much depth that we may not see people doing everything they can do with it for months. Um, and that when they start doing everything they can do with it, it's going to be wild. So I'm excited to see what people who are way smarter than me can figure out with that portal uh, mode. Uh, and your second question is, uh, after a year, do you think the Series X upgrade was worth it? And I absolutely do. Um, one thing that I mentioned before the stream started was that uh, in the year since I got my Series X, I've also upgraded the CPU, RAM, and the GPU in my computer, um, where the Series X, when I got it, was probably a little bit more powerful than my PC. And now my PC is probably like a decent amount more powerful than my Series X. But just the way that I play games and I kind of do my thing is for me, like the Series X is I've played 90% of my games in the last year on that. Um, there's definitely a few titles I prefer on PC, uh, like Age of Empires and stuff like that, even if it was available on console, which it isn't. But if it was, I would still play it on PC. Mouse and keyboard, you can't beat it on first person, uh, you know, strategy games. Um, I prefer mouse and keyboard on shooters as well even though I actually got Battlefield 2042 on my Series X. Um, during the open beta, I very much preferred my experience with 2042 on um, my, my Series X, oddly enough. I typically do not like Battlefield games with a controller. This one kind of converted me, at least this time. Um, uh, I, I've started playing 2042. I don't want to review it yet. I'll review it next week when I get some some real time. I've I've played for like an hour today. So um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it, it needs a couple patches. <laughs> it, it's it's running a little bit uh, rocky, uh, at least for me. But um, yeah, no, I think it's absolutely been worth it. And Game Pass has been more than worth it. And it looks like that's only beginning, you know, with Halo coming out next month. And then, you know, it seems like every couple of months there's something pretty big coming. Um, yeah, no, I'm very happy with my Series X upgrade. Very happy I got it day one so far. And um, yeah, we'll have to see if that keeps paying off. Um, again, uh, Master Prime, thank you very much for your questions. If you all have any questions or topics for the next podcast, please let me know in the multitude of ways I've already said that you can. As for content updates, nothing too big. Um, I am, like I mentioned before, doing a Logitech giveaway. Um, I'm giving away a Logitech G502 Hero Mouse uh, F432 headset and G, and that should be G, G432 headset and G213 keyboard. Um, the mouse and uh, keyboard are the ones I use currently, and I love them. They are excellent. Um, very, very good. And for this giveaway, I got them way cheaper than I what I paid for them. 
and um, and free is the best price. So um, you can uh, get into that giveaway. It ends at the end of the year on the last day of the of 2021. Um, links are in the description on my Twitter and the discord. They're all over the place. Um, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to find the link somewhere. The last bit is, um, if you watch on Spotify or you listen on Spotify, you can now actually watch the video version of the podcast on Spotify. Um, if you don't like YouTube or if you prefer using the Spotify app or whatever, um, the video version is there now. And there it is. So um, I do stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bondiesel. And I post this podcast stream VODs and narrative game videos on YouTube. If you look up bondiesel, check out my Twitter at bondiesel or at the echo cast. If you just want gaming stuff and none of my personal opinions. Um, and if you want some cool echo cast merch or bondiesel merch, please check out streamlabs.com slash bondiesel. That's all I have. So until next time.